Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. To the left, Pellegrini, inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan. So you're telling me that you're going to buy a digital piece of property and then do you like build your house on that? Like how you want it set up or, or does that have to cost more money? Do you have to hire people to build your digital house in your fake little Decentraland concept you have in your head? See, much better than what happens in reality. There's no construction companies. There's no building going on. If you want to buy that house, Jay... You simply buy that house and immediately a house pops up. What if the, the, the housing, what if the, the crypto fake digital housing market crashes? I, honestly, dude, I think you're asking the wrong question. These are the things you need to look into. What Otherwise, if, the U.S. government is going to seize your fake digital property and your made up universe online. And what if real property on earth actually plummets and tumbles in virtual property skyrockets to the moon baby i mean this isn't the matrix you can't just interject yourself into a digital world and forget your whole entire life has crumbled around you is this not the matrix it's we're definitely not in a simulation we might be in a simulation here well uh i'm gonna just move to el salvador because uh the government's trying to take all our crypto monies they're trying but don't let them they can't but speaking of El Salvador, we do have World Cup qualification, World Cup qualifiers rather, coming up with a nice little matchup on Thursday, September 2nd. So uh, one more day after you hear this podcast since it's dropping on a Wednesday. But man, we are about to have some serious amount of football shoved down our throat as both a United States men's national team supporter group, but also obviously the Inner Miami podcast. Two questions. Do you think any players on El Salvador take Bitcoin as currency and compensation for their contract? And number two is, sir, would you rather take U.S. dollar or Bitcoin for your contract if you were, there I say, signed by Inter Miami? Oh, I would be hard pressed to think that someone isn't doing that over there. There was a football player, an American football player for the Panthers, I believe, that did that. And then it went up and everyone's like, oh, he's a genius. And it crashed. I'm like, oh, sucks for you, dude. <laughs> you got paid pennies on the dollar. <laughs> that contract went from 10 million to one. I guess it would depend on at what rate you plan on spending that money, you know, because if you have an obviously you have enough time for it to continue to appreciate. So don't use it all. Maybe just, you know, take off like a little, you know, 3% here, 5% there. And just let it grow. 
Let it grow, baby. And this uh, this is not a podcast about cryptocurrencies, although there may be talks of one coming up. You never know, you know, or you can just give us a call and talk to us on a Friday afternoon, one or the other. But uh, this is not. But you're still trying to convince me to spend thousands on a fake digital property in a made up universe digital planet. Mark Zuckerberg, built? no planets, dude. This is a digital space. Mark my words, Jay, you will be an owner of virtual land in less than two years. And if you're not, you're missing the house party. I'm throwing in 10. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to say. We're moving on. Welcome, everyone, to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, along with the often delusional Alex Papa George. I would say how you're doing today, but you've been talking straight nonsense <laughs> gibberish to me for the past 30 minutes. So we're going to skip right past that part. He's doing fine if you do care. But we're coming to you in fair high spirits, I'd say. We're, we haven't lost. We're just continuing this. Uh, it's not really a, a, a super long streak, but I'd say, uh, what, seven, eight game, you know, a couple hiccups there. So it feels good. Nice little uh, streak of play we have going on here, bud. I mean, absolutely, man. I mean, listen, with this tie, we've won four, we've tied twice, and we've lost once against NYCFC over the course of the last seven matches. And Jay, I got to say, that is pretty damn good, if I don't say so myself. And considering they just beat the Revs this weekend, the yes. best team in the league. 2-0. You know, that game looks a little not as poor on the result, I guess, sheet, as you may think of it. But listen, we're going to get into what we think of the MLS and what's going on in the playoff picture towards the end of the show. This is something that you guys asked for. We are going to deliver. We got a lot of requests about people wanting to understand, especially as we kind of turn the corner and come around to the final third of the MLS season of what's going on around the league. Where does Inter-Miami stack up? And beyond Inter-Miami, you know, what are those other teams in contention and, and who's doing what? So we're going to go ahead and bring that that to you at the end of the show after our review of this match against Orlando City. Excellent. Very good. We watched the game at Fox and Hound. Well, we were there. We were there. We we did. I guess we didn't, but they might have struggled to put the game on or find it. Um, on ESPN Plus, Listen, I believe. You don't cut. You don't sell yourself short. Day. There was there was a point. <laughs> At this night, when the game was going on, and we were starting to all get a little bit frantic, and be like, "Oh, why can't we turn this game off?" Jay, Jay went behind the bar, grabbed <laughs> the computer from our bartender, and says, "I got this." And he typed in his code for what was it ESPN Plus? I think it was. Yeah. And brought the game right up. You know, and yeah. actually, funny enough, the dude next to us, I think, bought. A shots because of that well no dan so a, a, a supporter came out uh dan to to walk he walked in and he was like oh you guys are the podcast guys like, yeah man we're the podcast guys so he just posted up with us and we all watched the game together but there's someone else there with who i would presume to be his wife fiance or girlfriend or maybe sister or friend who knows but uh yeah he ended up buying us some drinks because we got it resolved i was just behind the bar and i looked at her i was like look at me look at me i am the captain now <laughs> Well, actually, she put you in your place because you were trying to argue with her. I was not arguing. You, you were arguing with her is that you were like, I know the owner of this place. And he told me that if I buy one beer, I get one free. And she said, no, sir. She that said, show me the text. I said, accurate. I'll show you the text and I'll show you the digital flyer. He said, she me. told you no first. And then she says, show me the text, Jay. So and Jay, to his credit, does get on his mobile device and he does text the gentleman that owns the bar. And he says, yes. 
In fact, it is buy one, get one free. Yes. Yes, it was. So Jay's- I didn't even mean to flex. I'm not, I'm not name dropping here, but we're trying to draw a crowd over there for away games. And he was like, hey, we're going to do two for one. Tell everybody, get them over here. I'm, I'm trying to help them out. I'm not trying to just name drop and show off in front of people. However, <laughs> it turns out that that buy one, get one are only for Heineken's. And Tito's. Jay was not drinking. Therefore, he was incorrect. I guess that's a question, right? Are you incorrect or are you right with a buy one, get one, although you're incorrect in what you could get for that buy one, get one? Well, so the specification did not happen via texting with uh, with guy who's well, the owner of Well, you're damn right because out. the bartender came right around and said, well, <laughs> <laughs> she did. But you had Heineken, so I hope you at least got your, your, your two for ones. But uh, no, I did. To, I guess to his credit, to guy, the owner's credit, the f- little digital ad that he sent me did have a glass of Heineken and a bottle of Tito's. Maybe I just didn't put two and two together. See, life is in the tension. I was hyped because I was like two for one Guinness. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> it was a, it was just like a bang, bang, bang. But uh, there was football that went on. We did catch the game over at Fox and Hound. And although this game did mat did not have any of these magical highlights or anything like that it did land us a result against orlando city which listen guys i understand that it was not a win i understand we didn't get two to three goals like we've been putting up but if you were to tell us that we were going to go up to the second best team in the eastern conference in their arena and take home a tie with one point especially rolling with the momentum that we are i gotta say jay i gotta take it we will take that all day. There was uh, an instance we thought we were going to win that, uh, but very interesting game. I'd say a game of mirrors, almost a reciprocated game for both sides. Very, very interesting. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, and kind of give us the high-level overview before we bring those ever so in-demand Jay's Game Time stats. God, I can't wait for Jay's game time stats but i mean listen we all watch this game if you like high scoring football this was not <laughs> the game for you it's <laughs> gonna be honest with you um you know which is a little surprising you may you know maybe it shouldn't be because in our last game we did tie one-to-one off of that kieran gibbs header and this is a super good team everyone don't get it twisted by the zero zero tie and being like why the hell how the hell did we pull that off well keep in mind this was rival we reek in mls so everybody was fired up and this was our last game against orlando city so everybody came to play and unfortunately we were just uh we were a couple inches away from getting that one goal at least but i think the same could be said for orlando city against us so to your credit jay i think a game of mirrors is a total perfect analogy for this match it was and before we get started i do want to have a little correction apologies for the gregor mix up or gregory mix up we uh, had initially heard that he was going to miss a game so doing the due diligence that we like to do we went to the mls stat side and guess what you know what? i can't even take that much blame for this because they had not updated the yellow card accumulation for Gregory at that time. And what's the one thing you tell me every single week, Jay? Shut up. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but beyond that, I don't know. Don't what. trust the stats. Don't trust the stats. Don't you're trust right. The stats you're right. On but MLS. I'll tell you what, boy, did we miss Gregory out there. Uh, I mean, our speed, pressure, swag suffered a little bit. And, and, you know, this is a player that we have grown to love. This is El Capitan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
We needed him. But good news is we will have him back. But uh, this is really the only major change uh, in the the starting 11. Blaze started in place of him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we got to it. And, you know, they're a really good team. If, if you follow them, you obviously know the, the attacking presence they have with all their strikers and wingers. But really not the, the most beautiful first half. A little painful some might say seemed like we we barely even touched the ball although i mean that's not accurate but felt that way it felt that way at least for the first 35 minutes where it was just kind of like i don't even think we had the ball for a total of about 90 seconds from front to back so the game definitely seemed like it was a little bit more lopsided uh than what it was but that's why we can't wait to get ready for jay's game time stats is that a good interjection right here Jays. If not now, game time stats. When? <laughs> uh, so just let me right off the rip. I mean, not, not like a horrible game, but we were definitely out possessed by Orlando. Basically, uh, about a fifty-six to uh, forty-four right there with Inter on the the downside. What really stuck out, and, and this is the the trending theme we're seeing in games where we either a lose or potentially draw. Uh, but shots man they had 15 shots we only had five and as far as those being on target we only had two but they only had two so they're just ripping it wide or all over the place that's a very poor percentage on their side uh they had some passes really uh we both had two off sides uh they we had more tackles one though which was impressive and uh you know what they're they're just really not gonna let us get back to number one on the yellow card list they had two we had won. Thank God, no red cards. Nobody wants to see a red card anymore. I actually have a treat for all the people who uh, really pay attention to the yellow card accumulation like we do. This is this is definitely a stat we pay attention to every week, and we got a, we got a nice little update later in the show. But, Jay, I'm looking at these stats, too, here, and I guess the number that stands out to me is 13 and 14, fouls between both clubs. That's 27 fouls over the course of a game. What does that tell you about the play on the pitch? <laughs> tells you this rivalry is becoming a rivalry man it gets a little chippy out there uh you typically see nani complaining all over the field but he didn't get the start we will get into that in just a little bit uh, but really overwhelming attacking on this left hand side 52 percent of the attack was going down that left hand side so that's something that we continue to see develop that uh that chemistry between Robbie and uh, Gibbs or whoever is back there in the current time trying to, to really up that speed. But it was Gibbs this game. And that is something that we want to continue to develop, especially for Robbie. That seems to be our, our preferred side where I'd say prior to Robbie really settling in prior to Gibbs coming, we would see more on that right hand side with Lewis Morgan. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of a scare, too, with Gibbs on this one. He came off the pitch due to what seemed like an injury, seemed like a head injury. Hopefully he's okay. I haven't seen any reports about him come out earlier this week. But, uh, but yeah, I guess that opened the door for the Lizard Man. You know, Breck Shea himself. It's been a while since we saw him. Man? His... Man? You're right. It's the God. Lizard King. You're... Oh, jeez. <laughs> Well, we saw him out there and it had been a while. It was funny. I was just seeing him out there and, you know, just with his God, big blonde, just hair, just jumping out around there. He just, he looks like he belongs. He looks like he got his hair cut from Miley Cyrus. And I absolutely love it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, last thing that really stuck out to me here is just average player position. Uh, both Gibbs and Morgan, this is average player position, but they were higher up 
just over that midline, whereas Gonzalo stayed right there on that midline, right in the circle, right in the middle. So, you know, I, I really do like this this five at the back or the three at the back with the two wing backs. I like them getting up there into the attack. Uh, this is something we're still continuing to improve. We have still leaps and bounds of improvement we can make, but uh, all in all, we'll take the draw because at least it's not a loss to our rivals. Absolutely. We'll take that. Anytime against Orlando City, I guess for this year, right? And then next year, you know, we'll see what happens. But again, you know, this is kind of winding down with this tie. We've won four, tied twice, and lost once in our final seven games. So, you know, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, this was one of those games, too, that we had a couple players on Orlando City not start for the club, which was which was interesting. Didn't really see any reasons to why. I think the Discord, I know I dropped a link in there and it didn't seem like anybody had any kind of good reasoning for if DK was uh, starting or not. Um, but DK and Nani did not start in this match. Both did come off the bench, but uh, I was a little surprised to see that. The only thing I can think of is that Nani participated in the the all-star game, but they typically play like 30 or 40 minutes. So I, I didn't think it'd be enough for him to, to really not start this game. And DK, he's obviously battled some injuries this season. We're not the Orlando city podcast. So we don't really stay on top of that. That could be the only thing I could have looked to, to explain that. But there was definitely a little bit of this. Oh crap. Like we're going to be more tired in the second half. And, if they bring in both Nani and DK in like the 70th minute, they're going to be full of energy and it's going to be hard to keep up with these two. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, that is, that's right. I mean, this would have been one of those games that I would have liked to have seen, you know, almost Indiana, right? Get the start over Blaze potentially. And I know that you kind of lean on Blaze's seniority and his kind of stature, I guess, to kind of, you know, be calm in a game like this. You know, we are going against our rival. We're on a bit of a hot streak here. But this is one of those games, you know, with Orlando C City being pretty speedy and athletic across the pitch is that I would have liked to have seen us match that with a little bit more energy out there. And I think that sub where, you know, we could have seen Indiana in there, but we went with Blaze was uh, kind, of, kind of telling, I think, on Phil's strategy at the end of this game as well. I think he just wanted to stay more defensive-minded in that first half. Agreed. You know, Indy has obviously proved himself in his attacking prowess, but Blaze is definitely a more defensive player. So it's kind of this is an interesting formation because they do want to want to stay with the the centralized midfielders and in that defensive mindset. But we'll see how this how this grows and what happens with Indy. That is a, a great question. Is he gone at the end of the season? Can we get him potentially loaned out even longer? Could we maybe get him? as a you know acquisition to where he's forever on our team because we don't really want to see him go he seems to be one of our best options right now but which is a good question because like let's use him while we can while we know yeah. we have him yeah that is that is a very good point i think he's starting to really prove himself so get get all we can squeeze that that lemon for all its juice <laughs> but we only had a couple quality shots i mean really just two on target uh you know in in Obviously, many of those were interrupted by Pedro uh, Galese. Showed us why he's a, he's a top goalkeeper. I mean, this guy is a, is a monster. He came back out for the uh, the MLS All-Star game. They've been missing him for a few weeks, and you can see why they miss him, man. He's a very, very talented goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it and we really, really line up the goalkeepers, there are, you know, he's someone that comes to mind, you know, as probably a top five, you know. Yeah, yeah Matt, Matt Turner, Joe Willis, um, 
you know, Blake, Blake, yeah, Blake on NYCFC. And, you know, you really got to talk about Pedro in that kind of class in that group right there. So uh, definitely a tough goalkeeper. I mean, there was one play that came to mind. I think it was in the first half where it was off of a corner by Lewis Morgan, I believe, and it fell at the feet of Pizarro and put it in or he, he gave it a shot. But Galici got like a finger on it as he was diving to the right side of the goal and just barely got a fingertip on it to, to keep the score level. Just the reaction time was insane. I mean, like yeah. really good game from both goalkeepers. Very good. Even Marsman had something very, very similar where it was a very, uh, you know, kind of quick reaction say, but what a game, what a game by Nick Marsman. I mean, he has really seemed to be one of the major catalysts in this team this year. This was his first clean sheet as a Heron. And this is Inter-Miami's second clean sheet of the year going all the way back to week three in our first game against Nashville, which we drew out 0-0. He was also on the MLS team of the week for the first time, but on the bench. And I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with this, keeping the tally, but that might make it literally six consecutive weeks we've had a player on MLS team of the weeks could even be longer than that. I feel like it's every week, at least an inter Miami player is up there and uh, we're very impressed with that. So shout out to the lads. Great point, Jay. I mean, look at inter Miami just getting some respect out of the league right here. I think the league is starting to account for this club, getting some momentum. And again, Watch out here, the back third of this, but good point, Jay. Nick was uh, definitely the star of the game. He was definitely the player of the match as he was awarded as well. And again, for all of us who watch the game, just like I'm sure everyone tuning in on this podcast, really kind of two big moments come to mind when you think back on Nick Marsman's performance. Really on the first was that PK in the minute 11th, just the 11th minute into the match and have something <laughs> go on like that it. bad, right? Like it we were all like it was so up. much longer in the game than that, right? Like it, well, we were there for a while. That's like that it. <laughs> <laughs> we were there for a while, but, but no, this that came in minute 11 of the match. And we were just sitting there like, ah, shit shit here we go again you know a classic handball in the box nico had his arm up it was a clear handball it was a fair call it was a decent call and it was what it was so fully expecting to go down 1-0 but no nick marsman stopped that by diving to his right and denying tasho akadeli from the goal that was really a just a momentum turn in this entire game and you know, with they put away that goal, you know, who knows? Maybe the game isn't tied. We probably end up losing that match because especially with the offensive firepower that we were shooting out there, it wasn't going to get it done. And then, you know, kind of towards the back end of the game, minute 84 was another one of those just glimmering moments that Nick Marsman had in goal to, to bring home the tie. It was a very quick reaction save. It seemed like the goalkeepers are just kind of you know seeing each other than you know, anything you can do, I can do better, just, just one-upping. But there were... Speaking of this game of mirrors, it just seemed to be very reciprocated. There were two VAR incidents, one for each team that actually disallowed a goal. Unfortunately, Tesho, you're also involved in this one, uh, but it was in the 24th minute. Uh, Robin uh, Janssen of Orlando uh, received a, a short corner uh, outside of the box. Uh, he struck a, a, a pretty powerful shot from deep, but it seemed to, you know, people were, were questioning, did it get deflected? Did he just make a movement at it? Does it matter? Because if you are involved in the play, 
and you're in offside positions, it's getting called offsides. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Tesho Akindeli uh, made a reaction, put his foot out there. Again, very, very hard to tell, especially with that many Guinnesses in me, whether <laughs> he made contact or not, but the rules are the rule. And, but uh, in that moment, he definitely made contact. But, but in that moment, <laughs> it, it, it was very close. But it doesn't matter. He's part of the play, offsides, got callbacks, seemed like we just got saved again for the second time in... 15 minutes less than that, honestly. And then going forward right before uh, the the half and then the third minute of first half stoppage time, if I recall correctly, Gonzalo Iguain had a little breakaway play. Appeared to, to have the, the, the go-ahead goal in him. He got on the end of a very, very nice long ball from Blaze Matuidi. And he tried to get a little cheeky chip shot going. And we've seen that not work out in the past. But this time, it certainly worked out. It was a beautiful goal. We were up and down jumping, running around, high-fiving, polishing off the rest of our uh, respective beers we were sipping on. And then, no. Little uh, little whistle, whistle. Come back, review it. Slightly off sides and uh, back to zero zero, man. Back to zero zero. Man. It was tough. It, it was a it was a, a game of, of feeling the distress and the panic, and then being saved, and then feeling that joy and happiness, and then just having it ripped right back out, and just looking at each other and said, "Damn!" So that's what that feels like. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, man? Ain't that the truth? This was uh, definitely one of those games that uh, what just it wasn't going to give any which way and it was funny because we absolutely blew up in hawks and fox and hound when that goal went in by gonzalo and to kind of have that peeled back and we looked at the <laughs> replay and we're like uh, yeah at that point you just look over and i think i think i was like well good high fives everyone <laughs> like what do you what do you do everyone just got everyone just got real raw real raw hyped but um yeah man i mean good times good times regardless yeah, man. And, you know, the other part of the puzzle, too, that we just haven't been able to figure out. And, you know, I know that you have a clip here from Phil Neville that we're going to play and we're going to we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these set piece struggles. Indeed. Let's do this. In terms of our set plays, we nearly scored tonight from one in terms. Of, I think it was Rodolfo. The keeper made a fantastic save. Uh, it's an area of our game that we work really hard on. It's an area of our game where we need to keep improving. It's an area of our game where I think once we score one, uh, I think we'll we'll score many. It's just it's just getting that first goal. Uh, defensively, I thought our set defense set players were fantastic tonight in terms of the the, the ability to put their bodies on the line, uh, and and we just keep improving. I don't know if Phil's just you know one of those diehard Inter Miami podcast fans out there, Jay, but it. it his words seem to have echo just, it just takes one. And that's something that we've talked about Lewis Morgan. And I got to say, this might be the case with some of these set pieces, you know, zero goals all year is no bueno, but Jay with one, do you think that we're going to get this going or what seems to be the problem in your eyes? Uh, so in this one instance, I would say the old uh, pop in the cherry here probably is different than say uh, like Lewis Morgan last season where he finally got one, then they just started dropping in. Uh, you always you know want to get that uh, that gorilla off your back or, or whatever you want to call it. it at the start of the season. That first goal is always the, the hardest to come by. It's different though because that's more of a uh, mentality for a player, whether it be a striker, midfielder, wing, or whatever it be. Uh, but with set pieces, I mean, it really does require some, a lot of practice, uh, 
a lot of, of tactics in it and you have to execute. Everyone needs to be executing uh, on the same page and damn near perfect. Now, if we do this and we start to find what works, then maybe it could allow for more to come in. But a lot of the times, man, it's just it's just poor service. It really kind of just comes down to, to, to poor service and being way short or being too long. And not many balls are getting dropped right into the, the middle of that, uh, you know, six yard box area where anyone can really get up and, and make a play. But there's got to be some something's got to give. Maybe we're just saving them for all the games that matter. Do you think it would be fair to see maybe someone else take the set piece kicks? And maybe let's have someone else rotate in for Lewis. And that's no disrespect on Lewis, but we just got to change something up. Yeah, I could see potentially Pizarro or even Blaze, or I think it would be really, really solid would be probably like a, a, a Gibbs or even like a, a Gregory. Especially Gregory's got beautiful distribution. So I think we do mix something up because zero set piece, not set piece, but zero goals off corners are just that, that that's unacceptable. I mean, it, it took a while for us to get a set piece goal last season. Uh, we've got to find out a way to, to really up that and start being effective because there are games where we get, you know, seven, eight corner attempts and, and we have to utilize those. That, that's how you really win and execute and kill off games. Yeah. Something to potentially change something in the formula to hopefully alter the result is the way that I would look at that. And, you know, it's tough because, you know, you got to count on a lot of things and part of it's coaching, part of it's on field performance. And, you know, you got to look at our roster too. You know, we have people like, you know, Gibbs and LGP and Nico Fagal and, you know, Shaw Cross and people like that who have no problem pushing up and actually being pretty potent in a set piece, you know, situation. But we've just lacked that that first goal. And I think that this is going to be one of those things. And yeah, I mean, I totally get your point where, you know, one is more player related. One's kind of like a set of players. But I think just kind of getting over that piece. And you talk about it a lot here on this podcast, Jay. And it's kind of like the mental hurdle, right? And mm -hmm. now that we're so far into the regular season, you know, we're about 20 games, 20 games, 22 games or so underneath our belt. And we're without a set piece goal. And I think at some capacity that has to exist in a player mind when those fouls are called so well i think i think it's, it's really just corners because if i recall correctly um the first outing against philadelphia where we won i want to say gonzalo's header was off federico's uh set piece but it wasn't a corner it was just a it was just a free kick uh but yeah we, we got to find a way to, to up that out i mean outside of that everything's being scored from the run of play except for the the you know random penalties for for gonzalo here and there but we need that element of our game, and that's something that as soon as we can really improve on that, then we'll really round out and be, be a pretty overall solid team. I definitely think there's a chance still, even with a nine-point gap, that we're making a push for the playoffs, and we were going to get into that in more detail later. Yeah, and I think we're figuring it out, and I think that we've clearly seen not just a formation change, but an overall strategy on players on the pitch and the way that they maneuver around you know, the field change. And I think that that's been super big. And, you know, as we're kind of peaking up here and we're, we're, we're in really the most important part of our regular season, we have a couple players who are about to leave us. We do. We do. We've got Pizarro being called up to the Mexican national team and Mr. Robbie Robinson getting called up to the Chilean national team, his first call up. So both will be uh, out and we will miss them 
hopefully not dearly for our next two games, although we're starting to get into the crunch time of the season where we need to really start making sure we can win and take points in every single game. But they're going to be out the three games, uh, September 2nd, September 5th, and September 8th. That does happen over a two-game span. In theory, they should be back for the Toronto game. Um, or, yeah, the Toronto game. If not, potentially the Columbus game, but I just don't know if there's going to be enough time for that. Uh, definitely not Pizarro, but we'll see what we can do. Luckily, uh, our next game against Cincinnati is, you know, they're not the best team. They're actually not the worst team. <laughs> so we could probably get over that hurdle. Columbus, I really wanted to see a full squad, but we will be missing those. But to your point you just made, you know, I really think Phil is starting to realize how to utilize these players and how to play them in the best position to get the best results from them. And, I do have confidence in Phil now. It's definitely been growing. And, uh, you know, we're really going to get into crunch time. I'm telling, what is this, 13 games over the next two months, and we're still two games behind. So this is going to be very, very exciting time to watch that table every single, no, probably not even every single week, inner week. You're going to have to check it probably daily at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of going crazy right now, and this is kind of the exciting part about it. And we also had two games that we need to make up at the end of the season that were missed in the beginning of the season. So that's kind of why we're in a little bit of a time crunch here. And We missed know, one. Apparently, we're playing Toronto now on Tuesday. So <laughs> I guess we only we only one was postponed that New York Red Bulls game. They just scheduled this behind for some reason. And Jay, with Pizarro and Robbie out, these two people have been in the starting lineup for the last four ish matches or so who do you see stepping in to fill those shoes and do you see our formation changing with these two players gone so that's a very that last part is a very very good question i see robbie being replaced with indy uh, i see pizarro being placed with jay chapman or federico it's been a while since we've seen or victor yo-yo we know how much neville loves yo-yo and gregory will be back so it'll be interesting to see i you really got me thinking on that last part because I love this little, uh, you know, four, three or three, four, three, or I don't know, five, two, three, whatever you, you want to call. I like this formation. I really like how we're playing. So that might require a little bit of tinkering. Um, whatever you want to do with the midfield, Phil, yeah. I'm okay with whatever you want to do with the attack. I'm okay with, please, please, please keep three centralized defenders at the back with two wings, two wing backs. That seems to really be working both on the attack, but also making sure we're covering ourselves on defense. We'll have to find out what Phil does, but Jay, I think you're right. I think you see Uyoya staying in the starting 11 as we see Gregory come back in and probably, you know, or I guess one of the two being out, I think he moves right back in there. And I think Indiana would be a pretty good little replacement right there. And I guess the next question that brings this to is when's our next game? When's our next game? We got our next match against Cincinnati FC going down on september 4th which is a saturday can you believe we're in the final third of the year unbelievable people this is just crazy yeah we're almost at the holiday times but this is an away game in cincinnati we have played there before if you don't remember we actually played them in our first couple games of this year and we actually ruined their season opener <laughs> and, i'm sorry their stadium yeah, opener yeah, yeah. not their season their stadium, TQL opener. stadium and they were marching down you know the entire street in what is that ohio i don't even know where cincinnati is ohio it's ohio yeah it's an hour away down from the road it's an hour away from louisville well, there you go if you yeah, didn't know i'm kentucky, kentucky. <laughs> there it's been it's been a few <laughs> gotta, episodes gotta get one in 
<laughs> oh man but no our game's going down on saturday at 8 p.m like we said uh since he has not won a game <laughs> I didn't mean to start. since june 26th that's, Damn, that's a long time. Son. That's a long time. You know, hey, what I'm we saying? know that pain, though. Yeah, we know. Share it over here. Here. And then guess what, Jay? The team that they beat back then, no other than Toronto. Mm, man, what happened to so, Toronto? Man, they really woke up that morning and ate their Wheaties or something like that. But, uh, wrong side. Yeah. But this was, uh, you know, if you do recall, this was a 3 2 dub back in mid May. Snuck it played. out. It, w- it was a nail biter. This was something that we were on. Like, <laughs> can't talk too much. And we're like, damn, like we're crushing teams. We just came off that Philly dub or that Philly dub. And we we're like, woo, MLS, watch out. And then we we're like, oh, shit. We still have 10 minutes to play in this game. One goal, two goal. And then luckily, Gonzalo put in the game a winner to pull that W out. This was this was also our last win when we went on a six-game losing streak, too. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many jabs can be thrown around mm-hmm. here. But, uh, That's but rough. <laughs> that brings our record to the season right now with or I'm sorry, not our record, Cincinnati's record with three wins, eight ties, and nine losses. Very poor showing thus far this year. And last year, they did not show up any better, but we actually needed them to pull this win out. And what did they do? They obviously lost. They lost to the Columbus crew 3-2 to two in the playoff running. That makes a difference for Cincinnati. It really doesn't make a difference at all. They are the second lowest goal-scoring team in the league and for those of you who are laughing, don't laugh too hard because we are the third lowest goal scoring team in the entire league. And <laughs> however, they do give up much more goals than us. So that's one that you can hang your hat on. They've surrendered 37 goals this season, which is third to last, but they only have a minus six goal differential from us at this time. So Jay, there are a lot of, of things to talk about that are wins to do with this team, man. We, 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 we cannot come out and lose against this club because these are the games that we talk about each and every week. Yeah. You got to win the games that you should win. And that's how you make the playoffs. For sure. We should. I mean, and honestly, they almost beat Columbus crew. It looked like they, like that they were going to walk out of there with a win into, uh, until Miguel Barry scored in the 81st and, um, like 82nd minute or, or something crazy like that. It, it was literally like back-to-back goals just to, to rip their hearts out. And uh, man, man, tough. But this is a very beatable team. We cannot uh, come into this. We cannot play down to our competition. We really need to execute right here. We need to get the three points and continue this climb. Because again, we're looking at nine points between uh, right now, Inter-Miami and the, the DC United, which is on that seventh spot of the just inside that playoff line it's coming down to the wire here everybody and actually jay that 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 little tidbit of time there there was three goals in the final 15 minutes but i think like Mm. all three of which goals came like in four minutes of separation of each other so it was just crazy the final 15 minutes that game was nuts gotcha gotcha well obviously players to watch brenner Shout out to to all the the Brazilians coming into the league. This seems to be a new increased trend. But he's got five goals. Uh, definitely underperforming for the price tag on him. Which, if you, I don't want to say twelve million. 
something ridiculously high, eight million. I can't really remember off top, but there was it was multiple millions. I know that. And then of course, uh, this is who they're they're really really big on is uh, Luciano Acosta. He is very very talented. Uh, still kind of developing and, and, and really getting to his peak in this league, but he's got four goals, five assists. That's really what you need to, to look out for. Again, this is a, a game where if we play calm, compose, maintain possession, have more passes, more shots, this is something we walk away with. But let's not forget, this is going to be back at TQL Stadium. They are going to want their revenge. We did ruin their stadium opener. They're going to come back and make us pay for that. But uh, I got a feeling they're not going to be able to do that. I don't think so. And again, we're riding high right now. If we were to go up to Cincinnati and even tie this game, I think that's a loss for us. These are games right now as we're about to get into the more of the playoff push and the outlook of how important these games are, especially the ones that we should go out and win. It, it, it's evident. And we cannot fly up to Cincinnati and take home an L or a tie here. This has got to be a dub. It, these are, these are, we're getting into must win games here. And this is what I'm talking about. So we're going to, let's, let's run through what our playoff outlook outlooks are uh you know but first and foremost want to shout out inter miami climbed up another spot on the mls power rankings we're now 14th uh, we were like what 20 24th jumped up to 15th now we jumped up to 14th uh which was good to see coming off a draw but the thing that i want everyone to to key in as we go through this discussion 10 out of our 14 remaining games are against teams that currently sit outside of the playoff line. That means we're only going to play a few games of teams that are better than I say where we are on the table right now, or at least in that playoff category. And then of course our random West coast game, we're getting against the Portland tender tenders. <laughs> what you got on your mind? <laughs> a random game against the Portland Timbers, uh, so this is like 10. We need, oh, seven wins, if not more. And it's it's doable. We're trending up, man. Bye, bye, bye on Inter Miami right now. This is where it's going to get exciting. This is what you're going to love to see. Uh, this is going to be nonstop action. We've got six games coming in the month of September. We have seven games coming in the month of October. Each will be critical as we climb that table. This is why we love the sport. Let's just hope we get there, baby. Yeah, and actually, Jay, looking ahead, those four games that we play against teams who are in the playoffs, two of which are actually against the Columbus crew, which is actually good for us because right now the way that the table is set up as we're dropping this podcast on Wednesday, September 1st, is, is that Columbus crew is just one position outside of D.C. United for that patented seventh seed for the Eastern Conference. Right above them is Montreal in the sixth seed, and above them is Philadelphia in the five. So why is this important? Because right now, Inter-Miami is sitting in the 11th seed in the Eastern Conference. So you got it. from To get to 11, to get up to seven, you got to go through Columbus. So two of the four games that we are playing against teams who are in playoff position are against the Columbus crew. And in case if you're wondering, who are those other two games that are playoff teams right now well 
the uh, MLS schedule gods did not shine a light on us because our last two games of the regular season are against NYCFC and then to wrap it up, the New England Revolution. So we'll see. New The, the Revs are probably going to be towards the tail end of their supporters' shield run. And Jay, I got to say, man, I think the chance for us at this game is just that they're running away with it and they choose to sit down all their players. Yeah, it, it, it could very much be that situation. I think the two hardest games we're looking at are, are Nashville and uh, in New York. Those are really the, the two top teams we have to, to play against. And then, of course, again, Timbers, but they're on, they're on the West Coast. But, uh, you know, Columbus just outside, like these are going to be tough games because Columbus is going to be scrapping to get into that seventh spot as well. So we really need to uh, key in on this and make sure that uh, that we're doing a spectacular job here. I mean, Columbus and every team in between us. And I mean, you look at the two teams who are in between the Columbus crew and Miami, inner Miami, you're looking at Atlanta and Chicago. And both those teams are rolling right now. We happened to stall the fire a few weeks ago uh, with a W, but that Atlanta team is super tough. And they did just take home a loss against Nashville this last week. But again, that's been a super hot team. And Jay, as we kind of talk about this Eastern Conference, you know, you touched on it earlier in this show, man. And man, this NYCFC team continues to dominate team after team. In my opinion, dude, this this club is my pick right now to win the MLS Cup. This NYCFC team is absolutely firing off on all cylinders. This team win was 2-1 against the Revs this last week, and you're going against the best goalie in the MLS with Matt Turner. And, you know, when you have a player like Castellanos, you know, what more do you need? Putting in two goals in this game and a header to just absolutely set your wet dream on fire. <laughs> yes, well done, well done. Um well, I was only looking at September, October. I forgot we finished the season with the Revs. Yes. So we need to make sure we do this in the next two months. Because that last game, I mean, unless we come to amazing form, that's going to be uh, very, very tricky. But I cannot agree with you more. NYCFC, are they the real deal? I Did did the Revs have a bad game? That's what we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, they truly are in that peak performance. I, I could totally understand why that would be. Uh, your pick of, you know, not necessarily the top two or three teams, but someone who can make that run because they seem to be playing extremely well. well it's, it's, it's very impressive, honestly. It's all about when, when are you getting hot? At what time of the year, right? And NYCFC, if they didn't have such a, a, an overwhelming, you know, so much pace to keep up with the Revs in the Eastern Conference, they could have made a run at the Supporters' Shield, but <laughs> the Revs got everybody in their rearview mirror, so it doesn't even matter so last week we actually discussed this as we were kind of focusing on more of the mls outlook on you know what two games this last weekend caught our eye and why and those two games were dc united against the philadelphia union and nashville against atlanta all for pretty obvious reasons being that they all all on the playoff hunt right now and both these games really didn't you know disappoint you know it was funny the atlanta nashville game was actually really just kind of like a 1-0 game i know the final score was 2-0 that was just because in extra time in the second half uh guzan was you know playing up at midfield and they happened to get a little dinker over him and he put in a put in the back of the net to win 2-0 but <laughs> he looks so embarrassed 
Oh man, I'd love you know. <laughs> I know, time, I know. You don't have any love for that. You man. know, every time we can make a little bit of uh, some some meme action on Guzman, you know that uh, I'm all about that. But uh, funny thing, Jay, I don't know if you caught a highlight of this match, but uh, when Rios put in that goal towards actually an extra time of the first half, he did a move that I know that you would love. He actually turned to all the Atlanta United fans and he put his fingers in his ear saying, I can't hear you. Oh, it, like there, there, no love Super lost there. Super swaggy, I liked it. That's becoming a really chippy rivalry as well, which we obviously like to see. We like to see it. And I mean, if you didn't catch this, it is rivalry week in the MLS. So we had all these games going down. We had, you know, El Trafico. We had Copa del Sol. We had Nashville, Atlanta. And then the other game that we had just talked about was really D.C., Philadelphia. And, you know, we don't need to get into my love affair with uh, D.C. United. I think that (laughs) they are uh, one of those teams that you just got to really look out for. They're one of those like bottom feeder teams. They're going to creep into the playoffs and be like, ah, like, no, let's don't worry about them and give a team a run for their money. But this honestly was the worst worst loss of inner Miami's kind of competitive balance and landscape in the playoff hunt that happened this last weekend. DC United beat the Philadelphia Union. I repeat, DC United did beat Philadelphia. We did not want the Philly Union to win this game. We needed DC to fall, but off of the leg of Kamara, that did not happen. This guy is going absolutely ballistic in the MLS with eight goals in eight games. He is absolutely on fire. And Jay, this DC United team just will not Go away. They are sitting in the seventh seed right over Columbus and in between Montreal for that six. Is there anything that you saw in those two games, man? Those were the kind of the most impactful, I guess, for Inter Miami over the last weekend outside of our match. They were good games to watch. Rivalry week is always fun. These games matter because all these teams involved are, are basically right around those last few playoff spots. I, I couldn't agree with I mean, I can't agree more with anything you said. Like DC United, it, it's you could have some struggles during the season, but it's really about hitting your form at the right time. And they hit their form several weeks ago. My question is, can you keep that up throughout the entire season? I mean, Kamara's obviously been on fire, but will that uh, will that maintain? Uh, why were you, why you were going over that? I did just have a little heartbreaking moment of realization here that uh, we're fifth, 14 on the ESPN power rankings. We're actually 20th in the MLS.com power rankings. So I guess that. So we're gonna go with ESPN. (laughs) Moving forward, ESPN. Quick sell. You got me. I gotta ask you, when you told us that we jump from the twenties to fifteen, was that just because you were looking at ESPN and MLS, or was that because it was actually reality? Uh, It's reality in ESPN's world. All right. You know, like look. Here's the way I look at it. MLS is just one league. ESPN is over all the leagues. ESPN is the overlord. So I'm gonna go with those trusted journalists and analysts versus some retired soccer players who are trying to be sports journalists. I'm, I'm going I'm to go with the ESPN one. No disrespect to anyone at MLS or any of their podcasts or media or like, but like rank us higher or we're going with ESPN. Fair enough. You heard it here first. Rank us higher or we're going with ESPN. In case anybody wants to start their own website, if if you rank us a little bit higher too, we'll give you a shout out on the pod. You heard it here first. <laughs> our, it's easy to get our business. Oh, man. And and listen, we're, we're, we got a few more minutes here, but there was one player, Jay, that just keeps just standing out, man. And he's just your someone boy. that... 
I just got to say, man, this this is one of those players that it's like, uh, is he the next, you know, USMN national team call-up? Who knows? And you know that we're talking about yes. Ricardo Pepe, who has been playing absolutely out of his mind all year. He's an American player, so you can cheer for him. It's okay. You can <laughs> cheer for this man. He's going to be wearing the red, blue, and white one day playing for the national team. And this guy... 11 goals to his name, sir, already in this league. What kind of American says red, blue, and white and not red, white, and blue? It's literally the standard American color shout out. Disappointed in you. going on. Very impressed with Ricardo Pepe. This guy, man, the composure at 18 years old, the, the strength, the precision. This man can rip a ball with ease. It is so impressive to see he will not be in this league for too long he's going to europe this will be someone that you can see joining the ranks of uh my boy christian Pulisic, also g arena weston mckinney sergio sergino dest uh conrad uh tanner testman uh josh Sargent. name it we have players all over europe uh and this is going to be the next one i am very very happy to see this young kid balling out this hard it's it's impressive man it's it, like what were you doing at 18 not professionally doing sports. We were just kind of amateurly doing sports. Yeah, if you haven't seen this kid play too, to Jay's point, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if, all, all you need long. to see, all you need to see of him is watch his highlights from the MLS All-Star Skills Challenge. Mm -hmm. He absolutely crushed this, this uh, kind of one-time challenge of just ripping uh, volleys and uh, I mean, super, super impressive. So much that the Mexican goalkeeper had to go down and fake an injury just to stop the competition because this 18-year-old was just dusting him left and right. That'd be the one piece. Watch just how good. Just like, it's crazy. It's instinctual. He just instinctually knows exactly where to place it, the right amount of pace to beat the keeper. It seems like every single time. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, don't look now, too, as we're kind of pivoting over to the Western Conference with Dallas, but Dallas is making a run at the playoffs, too. They're they're sitting with 25 points, only two points out of that seventh slot, which Real Salt Lake holds right now. And, Jay, this, this game ended 5-3 to three against Austin, which we can always appreciate an expansion team getting beat. It makes us feel better. Yeah, it makes us feel a little bit better. <laughs> we don't want to be that mean, but it makes us feel a little Just bit better. Just a little bit, but I'll take it. Uh, this game was 4-1 to one in the first 35 minutes, so never really a match. You know, Dallas took away with it. Pepe continues to do his thing, 11 goals. He's probably a top 10 goal scorer in the entire MLS. And, you know, I had alluded to it earlier in the show, but I do have an update for all the fans out there that I know keep track of the yellow card accumulation like Jay and myself do. And actually, as we're talking about Dallas, people will be excited to know that Dallas is actually taking the yellow card world by <laughs> storm. They have 57 Yo. yellow cards Man. to date. 57, Jay. That's just impressive by, by any any standards there. I mean, that 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 is super impressive. Let, let's just yeah, we gotta shout that out, dude. Just 
Well done. You, you dethroned us. You've completed. You make LGP look like a pacifist. I mean, from our fans to yours, congratulations. And, you know, listen, we are actually probably sitting around like seventh or eighth because we only have 45 to our name. That We've tightened up. We are 12 behind the league leader, and we thought we were going to lead the league in that category. I kind of wanted to lead the league in that category. It was the one thing we were leading in at that time. I'm not going to lie. It would have been a nice little, maybe we could have got a crown, right? Like a little little award with a yellow card. Yeah, right yeah definitely. Definitely. You think NFT gets sold for that? Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Keep, yeah, keep you focused. We are, or maybe it's just me. I'm just floating on up to Decentraland over here. But uh, super quick, finishing up for the West. Uh, Portland took on Seattle. Always a fun game. Most of the game was 1-0 to zero until the final minute. But Portland was able to pull out that W. I know Seattle's sitting as one of the best teams in the West right now. And then last but not least, we had El Trafico, which was... <laughs> Man, one of the best games of the year, uh, truly fantastic. Ended in a 3-3 tie between LAFC and the LA Galaxy. And Jay, that might have uh, that might have held the goal of the year. You're talking about the, the Uruguayan young DP stud, Mr. Brian Rodriguez, who I'm low-key a fan of, have been for a while. Yes, uh, that was, uh, you know, some are calling it one of the best goals in league history. This man put three dudes on skate, little outside, little inside, little outside, rips a ball through the roof of the goal. And I mean, wow, that's something that is just remarkable and good for him because he has had his struggles. So to really come through in such an impactful game for LAFC where they want nothing more than just to destroy everything that the LA Galaxy has ever built or stood for. I mean, that is a truly malicious rivalry right there. It, yes, absolutely. Hands down, goal of the year, if not top 10 in the history of the MLS. I mean, beautiful. Go go YouTube that if you haven't seen it already. Brian Rodriguez, LA Galaxy goal. Be impressed. Give me someone like that. Spectacular. And that game actually held up to the weight of what everybody was hoping to. There were two players who were missing from that game that were the biggest headliners of all. That's Carlos Vela and Chicharito did not play in El Trafico this year, but this game did not disappoint. It is, uh, it's definitely one of those games that each and every year you have to watch. If not, just go experience it from yourself. But that kind of brings us to the end of the show here as we went over a quick little update on what's going around the league. If I was to tell you to watch any games outside of Inter Miami this weekend, there would be three in particular. On Friday night, Nashville takes on NYCFC, which that is one hell of a game. Both teams are on fire. After that game, actually, is Philadelphia versus the New England Revs. That has a lot of playoff implications. Let's hope the Revs beat Philadelphia and continue to knock them down. And flipping over to Saturday, Columbus versus Orlando. That's a game that I'm keeping an eye on for. I think Nani and DK are both going to start in that match. And I think Columbus is in some trouble to continue their free fall. It was only just a ledge where they got to hit their head against Cincinnati. And they're going to keep their following here next week, bud. I did not hear you. I was not paying attention to be fair. Did you already mention Nashville NYCFC? Yes, I did. Perfect. Other one I'm watching, San Jose, Colorado. This will be a pretty exciting game. Colorado is really in good form. Uh, Cade Cal seems to be balling out of his mind for San Jose. So that's something I'm definitely watching uh, on Saturday as well. But, uh, of course, after I watch this beautiful Inter-Miami win over Cincinnati, taking a home, I'm going to go ahead and say 2-1.
he's holding up three one. I don't know why he understands this is a, a, a an auditory medium. <laughs> so Alex is three one. I'm at two one. Uh, regardless, let's go out and get this dub. Thank you, everyone, for tuning to the Remind Me podcast. As always, I'm Jake Kington with a crazy man next to me, Mr. Alex Papa George. We're starting to lose a little bit, but uh, if you do not follow us already, check us out on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Intermimey Podcast. Twitter at InterMIA Podcast. Keep an eye out for Pink Smoke. Fans been dropping fire, not just Fort Lauderdale CF, also MLS News, also EPL News, Worldwide Soccer. It's all there. Check it out. Uh, thank you so much. And if you're so kind hearted, go ahead and leave us a positive review, preferably five stars on the Apple store or Apple podcast rather. But as we end every episode, vamos Miami, vamos Miami. <laughs> <laughs>